hey, today we're going to talk. We're going to go backward. Instead of talking to you about Jesus' resurrection, we're going to go a little before that in John chapter 11. So you have a real Bible or you've got it on your app or you want to just follow along on the screens, that's fine too. Um, There's this story of Jesus and he's busy with people and all of a sudden a a messenger comes and tells Jesus that his, his buddy Lazarus is really, really sick and he needs to come immediately. And immediately what happens is a delay, delay, delay. I mean, the it's kind of the story of our lives. Where's the last time you went, you didn't wait, right? I mean, it, no matter where you go, you wait. I made the mistake of going to the United States post office the other day. Now, if you're a mailman, we love you. We really do, but y'all are killing us. So I go there to drop off a package and the line, seriously, it's 80 deep. And so then I go to the place where you want to pull the lever down and drop the package in, and they don't do that anymore. But the thing's there. So now, being pastoral, I grab it like I'm going to yank it out of the wall. I think I hurt myself. So I went to another post office. I tried the same thing, same story. So you know what I did? I threw it in the back of my car. It'll get there sooner or later. Wait, wait, wait. Delay, delay, delay. Story of our life. Why doesn't Jesus drop everything he's doing and rush over to Lazarus? Don't you realize how needy I am? I mean, if you love me, Jesus, you'd respond immediately. It sounds exactly like us. God, come on. Where were you when Aunt Sally had the wreck? God, where were you when I went broke? God, where were you when my marriage fell apart? God, where were you when my child got sick? God, where were you when I lost my job? And all the while, I think God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are saying, you know, if you just calm down, I'm right here. I'm right here. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's not the people who respond most urgently and most anxiously who love us and help us most? Often the people that help us most are the folks that you would look at and think, how would you help? I I mentioned my mother-in-law a little while ago, Charlotte Davis. I could call Charlotte today and say, Charlotte, I desperately need you. And she would find a way to help, but I'll promise you, she wouldn't go at breakneck speed because she would think this is how I can help. My wife's that way. Jenny, Jenny is not reactionary. Part of it's because she's just spiritually mature and she kind of keeps things on an even keel. And so it was with Jesus. He heard the news that Lazarus was ill and he waited two days to respond. Look in John chapter 11 beginning in verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. By the way, they are like drama queens. I know y'all don't have any of that in your house. I have six daughters. I know drama. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of man will receive glory from this. Now watch this. When you are in a crisis, the first thing you want is to get out of the crisis. When you are in a special time where you just feel like you are lacking something, you want out of that as fast as possible. Like what what do church people do? The minute something's wrong, would you pray for me? That whatever I'm going through would just happen in a hurry. Because we're people in a rush all the time. 
Have you ever noticed that Jesus never rushed anywhere? Nowhere in scripture do you read, boys, we gotta go. We never hear Jesus say, you know what? Lazarus is sick. We gotta run, fellas. Jesus has it all under control. And by the way, he's got you under control. The scripture goes on and says, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. By the way, that's three days. He's known this for three days that Lazarus is dying. But remember what he said earlier. He said, he's not going to die. So then it goes on and says, finally, he said to his disciples, hey, let's go back to Judea. Listen to their response. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, those people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Now I want you to think about how silly this is. And we do it all the time. The disciples who are literally walking with Jesus, like literally physically walking with Jesus, having seen him like restore sight, take a lame man to walk, bring people from death to life. The same Jesus, they are worried about his security detail. It's like, Jesus, if you, if you go that way, I'm not sure we can protect you. Can you, am I the only one that thinks Jesus had to go like this a lot? I mean, surely Jesus was like, boys, come on. I am the son of the living God. I was there and nothing was created apart from me. And everything that was created was created through me and by me. And there was nothing created that wasn't created by me. I think I got this. So the story goes on. And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there's danger of stumbling because they have no light. Now, do you see the picture here that Jesus is about to bring some light where there is darkness? Jesus is about to bring some life where there is death. Jesus is about to bring hope where there is hopelessness. And in the midst of this, look what happens. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. Okay, this is about to get funny. Listen to this. The disciples said, Lord. Do you like how you said that? Lord. Because that's what you say when you're like, oh. Right? I mean, you don't say, hey, Lord. You, Lord. So say that with me. Lord. Doesn't that just fun? Lord. If he is sleeping, he will soon get better. Watch this. So they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, I can almost hear this in my head. Fellas, fellas, come close. Clearly you don't get me yet. Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe, come, let's go see him. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, you've got to love these folks, said to his fellow disciples, hey, let's go too and die together. I mean, what a pep talk. Can you imagine a coach? Come on, folks. Let's go die. This is going to be awesome. Today, we die. Like, did you not hear what I said? By the way, always be fearful. There's always somebody that tell you you can't do it. There's always somebody that says, 
no, no, that's too risky. No, 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 you're going to follow Jesus? Oh, come on, you know you're going to get laughed completely off stage, right? You realize if you stop and pray for that person down the hall from you who's going through a difficult time, you realize you're going to get branded as one of those people. There's always somebody who tells you don't do something for Christ. What I would say is Jesus is saying to you, man up. Step into my resurrection power. Well, the story gets a little better. And as the story goes, Lazarus is dead, fellas. Thomas is like, come on, let's die. And when Jesus arrived in Bethany in verse 17, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Now, this is important. Four days is a significant issue. In the first century, Jewish people believed that it was possible, not probable, but possible for you to regain your spirit in the first three days. So Jesus waits four days to ensure that they don't think it's a trick and it's a magic show. Jesus waits until they know that they know that they know that Lazarus is dead as a hammer. All right, so Jesus, on the fourth day, he shows up. Now watch this. When Martha got word, this is in verse 20, that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Once again, back to the watch. God, if you had just listened to me, I knew what I needed why didn't you show up for me? Jesus, I hear this stuff when I go to church, that you love me. I hear that you're for me. I hear that you have a plan for me. I hear that you died for me. But where were you on my time when I needed you? Are you ready? Do it with me. Get your hand. You see, Jesus is indeed for you anywhere, all the time, anytime. But he doesn't function on your clock. He functions on his timing. And God is going to show up and the Son of God will deliver what is best for you and is for his glory in his timing. And instead of praying away the difficulties in our life, I believe Jesus says, embrace them so that I can walk you through them because when you and I walk through them together, you'll have victory and you won't have to fret about it anymore. Why don't we do that? You know why? Because we're too stinking busy with us. And we're so prideful and we're so selfish that we think, I can do it. Christians are the worst about this. Well, I just, I've got the spirit of God living in me. I just need to suck it up. No, you need to ask for help. And all the while, Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Just call on my name. You say, well, Chuck, I, I just preacher talk, call on my name. What in the world? Where, how am I? I don't even pray. How am I going to call on the name of Jesus? Okay, watch this. This is so cool. Jesus never says you got to join a Baptist church, a Methodist church, or any church. Jesus never said you had to get baptized. Jesus said you never had to give to be a part of my kingdom. Jesus said, call on the name of the Lord, period. That's it. You say, okay, got it, Chuck, but that's still preacher talk. I don't know how to call on the name of the Lord. It's this simple. Jesus, I know I'm not perfect, and I have made some bad choices, so will you forgive me? Jesus, I want to thank you. You died on the cross and shed your blood for the forgiveness of my sin, and then you rose. You hung around for about 40 days, and now you're sitting beside God the Father in heaven praying for me right now. That's right. Jesus is praying for you right now. 
And Jesus, I want to turn my life around. I'm tired of, tired of fixing it all on my own. I'm, I want to live for you. I want to trust you. And thank you for hearing my prayer. And you might say, well, Chuck, I need that. Now watch this. You don't need to walk an aisle to receive that. It's a gift that God himself gave to you in the power, the provision, the protection, and the person of Jesus. And all you have to do is open the gift. Well, Chuck, how do I do that? Well, I just told you. You say, Chuck, I couldn't repeat that if you put a gun to my head. Okay. Then watch this. What if right now you said, Chuck, that's what I want, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell God, count me in on what Chuck said, because that's what I mean. God's totally cool with that. So you just say, I'm in. I'm not done with my sermon yet, so don't start getting your junk ready. <laughs> I can see when y'all do that. It's like, I know, okay, invitation time, we're closing it up. <laughs> I'm not done. But if today you want to say, I know I need that, just raise your hand. All it takes two or three people. Go ahead, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Raise them high. Don't be, we're, we're cool with all this. Yeah, amen. Come on, raise them high. Leave them up there for a minute. I need to see who you are. Bless God. Look at, look at y'all everywhere. Everywhere. Come on, how cool is that? You're about to have the greatest Easter of your life. Christy down here, we baptized her Friday night, right? Yeah. She lives in Indiana. I mean, they actually play basketball up there. <laughs> Something this state knows nothing about. <laughs> and decided, because she watches us online every week, that this was her church. Came this weekend for Easter and wanted to get baptized on Good Friday. Bless God. How cool. Right? Come on. You know what that is? That's called resurrection power. That's what that is. Now listen, here's, this story is about to get really good. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. In other words, yeah, he's going to die like the rest of us, and then you're going to call him home someday, and we're cool with that. You know, when I was preaching my father-in-law's service yesterday, you know why it wasn't hard? First, George was an incredible human being, but the, but the second ones, I knew exactly where he was. I mean, I knew exactly where he was. George was a diabetic. Guess what? He doesn't have to count any calories or sugar anymore. I will guarantee you, if there's a Krispy Kreme in heaven, he ate a dozen hot ones right off the bat. And you know when you eat those when they're warm and hot, you don't even swallow the first six. I mean, you don't chew the first six. They just go down. And you know what? I, George ate them and said, no diabetes now. How can you not celebrate that? Like, I'm going to miss George, but you, I'm so happy for George. He wouldn't leave and come back for anything. You know what that's called? Resurrection power. In your life, sometimes you need what Lazarus is about to get, and sometimes you need to celebrate folks around you who are already graduated to the church triumphant. Now watch this. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And listen to her. Yes, Lord. 
I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary, and she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So immediately Mary went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Do it with me. Now, I, I, this is a little funny because you know in that time in the first century, when a Jewish person died, the family hired mourners. Like they literally paid people to come and do one thing, wail. Now, some people cry at death. Some people get choked up at death. Do you all know what a whale is? Let me share it with you. Ah! That blessed you, didn't it? Those of you like me that wear hearing aids, you're like, don't ever do that again, Chuck. So they had people that were paid to wail. And Jesus is like, here we go. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up in him. You've got to love Jesus. I mean, yes, kind, gracious, but a man. I mean, like, stop it, people. Don't you think the Lord looks at us sometimes and just says, stop it. Stop you whining. Stop you crying. I've got this under control. Man up and trust me. So he gets a little frustrated. I love that. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, always used in Bible trivia, no matter if you're drinking beer or not. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. <laughs> and the people were standing nearby. So he, see how much he loved them. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Once again, Lord, come on, where were you? And all the while, Jesus, I'm right here. It's not out of control. I needed you to grieve. I needed you to realize what's the significance of what's happening in your life. Don't try to blow by it because every moment counts for something in the kingdom. Every attitude counts for something in the kingdom. Every action counts for something in the kingdom. Every way we respond to him and to others, it amounts to something in the kingdom. Now watch this. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Just a little bit of foreshadowing there. And Jesus, watch what happens. He says, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. The old King James says it this way, he stinketh. <laughs> so if you're riding on vacation sometime this summer with a son, just remind him every now and then, you stinketh. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a cool word. We don't use that one often. I love it how the old King James says that, he stinketh. I mean, have you ever noticed that dead things smell? So I went bird hunting some time ago. And uh, my son-in-law and a buddy of mine were bird hunting, and I had several quail, and I put them in a cooler and zipped it up and left it in the back of my Tahoe and forgot about them. 
about two weeks later, zipped up in that Yeti cooler. Jen gets in the car and she says, something's dead. I didn't do it, babe. Come on, that's funny. So I opened the back tailgate, walked back there, and like a fool, opened and zipped, unzipped the Yeti cooler. Let me just stop and say, those quail had not been resurrected. They were dead as dead could be. And you know what? We have bleached that cooler. The cooler might need to go to the trash can. So if you have an extra Yeti, just you know how to find me. Dead things stink. But I, I would argue that we're all dealing with dead things in our life. That relationship we burned, that lie we told, that untruth we kept to ourselves. I mean, any way you look at it, we all got dead things. That, that cancer diagnosis, that marriage that went south, that time I cheated. We've all got Lazarus issues in our life that Jesus needs to bring resurrection power so you can leave them behind and move forward. Well, Jesus is going to show you how to do that. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside, and then Jesus looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Do you know why you do church? Do you know why you preach, why you sing, why you praise? So that people will believe in the name of Jesus the Lord. Not so that you become a big church, not so that you have a platform, not so you can write books, not so you can be on a concert series, but so that the world might know Jesus the Lord, period. Jesus then, after thanking the Father, then Jesus, it says, shouted. It wasn't like, yo, Lazarus, come on out. He shouted, Lazarus, come on, kick it up a notch. Something like that. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth, and Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. Come on now. Some of this stuff that's a Lazarus effect that's killing you and you're dying in your past sin or your past failure or your past anxiety or your present worry, Jesus is trying to say, come gather with the church. Let us pray together and let's worship the name of Jesus and let him get all in your business so you can leave all that garbage that stinks behind you and walk away from it so that he can say, unwrap him and let him go. But I want you to watch this. Jesus invited the church, the church people, like the nine o'clock crowd, that crowd. He invited them to be a part of the miracle. Why? Because Jesus wants to invite you to be a part of the miracle. Jesus wants to invite you into it. 400 kids and families we feed every week, be a part of it. Clear Path Counseling, be a part of it. Path Project, be a part of it. Planting churches, be a part of it. Go into the Yucatan or, or to wherever, come. be a part of the miracle. Jesus invites you, unwrap all that stuff and let you go. Let him go. And many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. My friend, listen. The beauty of the story of Lazarus' resurrection 
is so powerful on this Resurrection Sunday because this resurrection life is given to you just like Lazarus. Because Jesus, shortly after this, went to the cross, died for you, shed his blood for you, was buried for you, rose for you, praying for you right now. No matter who you are, where you were last night, he's praying for you that you might grab hold of resurrection power and get rid of that past. Get rid of that worry. Lay down that anxiety. Take hold of all that Jesus has for you and celebrate him in his goodness and receive the blessed name of Jesus as Savior. My friend, this is what you're called to do and join us in the celebration of those that need resurrection power. Do you need resurrection power today? Okay, clearly you didn't hear the question. Do you need resurrection power today? What is wrong with y'all? Do you need resurrection power today? Then live like it. Stop living in that past junk. And you say, my, started. Do y'all do like this every week? Yeah. We just hadn't seen y'all in a while. Which is cool. I get it. But here's what I would tell you. Somewhere in the middle of Jesus saying, come be a part of the miracle. He's saying, come be a part of my family. And I, listen, I know you're busy. I know travel ball, and I, I, just, I get it, man. I've already done that six times. I totally get it. There is no, no condemnation here, no guilt here whatsoever. But I guarantee you, some of y'all could come every third Sunday and be a part of the miracle. Some of you could come every other Sunday. Just be a part of the miracle. Some of you come once a month. Come on, be a part of the miracle. And when you walk in, you prove today the sky didn't fall. Lightning didn't strike you. Jesus said, welcome home, and so did his church. So you were welcome here anytime, every time, because this is a house of Jesus. This is not a Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Episcopalian, or any other something. This is a Jesus is enough kind of church. And you are always welcome because he will always welcome you. My friend, that's resurrection power.